Welcome to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard with co-host, Cal Meisner. So welcoming you today to Five Blossom Gatherings. This is our second podcast on the Empowerment Station. So I'm inviting you to listen in as we speak about uh, this health system or health management system, Five Blossom Gatherings, and how it empowers, how it transforms in growth. With me here is Cal Meisner. Thank you, Denise. Happy to be here today for uh, episode number two. And we spoke briefly last week about Five Blossom Gatherings, about the distinctions with this ancient healing system. What are we going to talk about today? Well, given that we're looking at the issue of transformation and empowerment, it's um, we have a lot to speak to. We have a, it's a big topic. Um, I'd like to just do a five-second recap on what we did last week. We sure. took a, we took a look at five blossom gatherings and the origins of it. How over thirty years there was a a huge amount of uh, change and understanding about. Uh, health management models that are old, that are ancient, that are hundreds and thousands of years old, and how this, um, you know, this came to me. And then I spoke about how putting it all together in a package that could support the average person to um, to learn about how they can blossom. So there are five blossoms to the uh, five blossom gatherings model. And these five blossoms entertain the the consciousness or the concept of uh, creative empowerment. In other words, uh, opening the mind uh, on a creative level. Uh, also looking at how we can support ourselves in managing a more, more compassionate reality because without kindness to ourselves, there's very little that we can do in growth. Uh, so the looking at a, a compassionate uh, growth, as well as looking at the idea of how do you hold the mind? How do you hold the mind in uh, opening to a bigger reality or to a greater consciousness? So clear thought, uh, looking at how to hold that kind of openness of mind, but also working with the uh, consciousness of words. And then the, the biggest piece that most people come to with five blossom gatherings is the promotion or the working with the physical body and the subtle or more energetic forms of the body and creating uh, a way of managing ourselves so that we can be a better version of ourselves. So that would include the sensitive practices, the healing practices of Tai Chi and healing practices of Qigong. So we look towards um, empowerment as a big topic today Mm -hmm. and um perfect so we're talking about empowerment and it is a big topic it's very personal um thinking about my own experience with empowerment you know and for me a big component of that was really releasing old patterns and things that i didn't even know i was holding in my body and some of these practices you speak of in particular qigong has really helped help me do that. Mm-hmm. Can you comment on that perhaps for, for our listeners as well? Yeah, this whole um, idea of transformation or empowerment requires that uh, we grow in a number of ways. 
the model that we're working in uh, works with us uh, to support that life will continue to move us and uh, take us into a place where we will need to grow, need to heal, need to change. We have many transitions we go through in a lifetime. So the movement of change is always going to have a personal value and will sometimes involve uh, more collective uh, growth. But in your personal life or in your business or both, the change that your growth demands will have an impact, a very specific impact on how you will view yourself. So we all have needs. We have needs for better health, uh, to become a better version of ourselves, mm-hmm. and or to build, to build a business, to build a home, to build whatever. And in order to do that, the, the, the required growth uh, is going to need to have a certain, let's say, environment. Uh, and hopefully that environment well, what would it normally be would be like, oh, I want to work with what kind of environment? Yeah, and I think the things that come to mind for me would be things like the need for kindness, things for grounding, um, safety, and for our identity. Like, who are we in this in yeah. this process? So when we think of an an environment, it could be that the 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 model that we're using holds compassion, or the model or the place that we work with helps reconnect us, and the. Uh, it makes us have a sense of, of, of safety, meaning that, you know, I'm protected here in my growth, as well as my identity or who I am is secure enough here that I can actually blossom and grow into myself. Mm-hmm. And it would occur to me that the, the bigger the transformation that one is going through, the, the bigger the need for empowerment. Yeah. So when we think of empowerment, you know, it, to me, it, it, it means the work or the process of working through all the stuff that fulfilling ourselves that, that we need to do, right? Whether that's personally or professionally. And again, it would be this idea of gaining the grounding or being centered, being gaining the awareness or consciousness, and then gaining the heart or opening up our heart, being that's passionate right. about what it is that we're doing. What, what would you that's say right. to that? Yeah, that's what we talked about last week, and this is a lot about what we're talking about in terms of empowerment this week. When you come to um, a healing model or a health management model, you'll have different needs. I talked to that a moment ago. The You may need health first. So the need for health is really crucial. If you don't have health, you cannot grow energetically. You can't grow in your mind. You can't grow. You can grow in your heart maybe a little bit, but health really demands a lot of energy. So to to be able to create decent health and to be able to sustain decent health, that's one area of of transformation and of growth. Then there's another place. If you think about you're healthy, I'm healthy. What 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 can this model offer? Well, then there's a whole other place of transformation that will truly empower you because that's where the better version of yourself will come in, really come in, because your physical body has a certain blueprint or a certain way of managing energy. And if you're growing from that place into a bigger version of yourself, then you'll grow, you know, uh, more, have more energy, have better health. You'll have more, more consciousness of heart. You'll have more clarity of mind. All this is big empowerment, big empowerment. So that's the area that five blossoms really can range in that you know does a little bit more 
So it's not just about health. It's about, whoa, I can transform. Mm -hmm. I can become a better person on many levels. Mm -hmm. So this works with the body. And it's uh, because the body, the body knows. The body is, you know, wise. It speaks uh, very consciously about transforming health. It, It can guide us. It can guide us very well. There was a story of a, a Tai Chi uh, teacher once who came to me and said, well, he uh, really was investigating Qigong practices and he said he was so wowed by this one circumstance where a gentleman who had a very strong business, very big, um, very lot, a lot of uh, responsibility and he was having heart challenges and uh, he had to really take a moment and stop, and he was given a little Tai Chi and a little Qigong practice, very small, and very small movements of the arms that he had to do. And what that did was it actually did a number of things that transformed his physical health because it actually brought care and concern to his physical body and his health, but it also made him uh, so well that he was able to then take it on to the next level. So it's not about how big and how, you know, 30K, we're not running a marathon here. Mm -hmm. It's actually about taking it small and taking it mindfully into into the body. Mm -hmm. And we talk about, you know, our reactions to issues that we may be facing. Can you you talk to how we typically manage our reactions and how perhaps a model such as the Five Blossoms Gathering model can help us with the way in which we react to things in our life? So we're talking about training, really. And when you get into training, you start to observe yourself on many levels. Training is not um, anything more than taking yourself seriously (laughs) and not too seriously at times and being able to monitor all levels of what's going on. So when you get into training, you start to see that you want to look at how you react to certain challenges. And if you knew, you live in a world that's really stimulating like ours, you can have a lot of reaction. So normally um, we start to look at, okay, under stress, this is how I react. So you start observing your character and your physiology and you look at the source of where it all comes from, your upbringing. And you'll commonly see that when you want to train, you have to be a pretty feisty individual. You have to have a little bit of passion here. And taking that training to a place of transforming yourself means that that passion or that fight that, you know, I'm going to do it, I'm going to overcome, has to kind of transform itself into another place because you can't be fighting all the time because you can't this work is is really about being present and if you're fighting all the time you're not going to be present you you have an agenda we don't have an agenda when we're in this place of of transformation it's actually we're listening to the to the natural flows of the body and teaching Mm -hmm. us how to manage the the growth so we're listening we become listeners Mm -hmm. and interesting you use the word flow because that's what was coming to mind for me is rather than pushing against it or fighting how do we be in the flow how does a practice such as this help us with that yeah yeah so this model we consider that transformation is empowering it empowers us but it also um, asks us to become resourceful in ourselves it also asks us to to create stability within ourselves and our approach to ourselves. And that 
that also creates a mindfulness, a, a way of mindfulness. Now, mindfulness is a common term that we use now because it's a very important practice and it's a very beautiful practice. These way of re- react the ways the ways that we react, the fighting, the fleeing, you know, will not overcome a problem in in in, in all. It, what's what's going to overcome the problem? What's the solution? is that if we open to something greater, then we're going to come into an uncommon um, solution. So the way of reacting uh, to our terror, for instance, uh, or to our, our need to fight will cause us to lose our humanity. What this model does is it helps us reduce the reactivity, becoming mindful in certain ways, that help us reduce the reactivity so that we become more engaged in humanity and we come to the creative edge. So that's where the artistic empowerment comes into. It's not about being an artist necessarily specifically, but how to use your creative power to be able to be a better version of yourself. It's a very sensitive place. That creative edge is literally like being on the edge of a cliff where you're physically, you may feel solid, but that it's a vast, vast reality and it's Nothing at first. There is a, it's like a, a space and it's unique to each person. And when that space really opens up, we end up having to learn about that space and about who we are because within that, you're going to have a very personal voice, but you're going to have a bigger voice also that will probably end up um, guiding you because if you yourself are one and then you have within you, you have fa- around you a circle of family and then you have a circle of of community, and then you have a circle that's, let's say, you know, in our nation, then you have a circle that's worldwide. All of these circles inform you. And when you open up to a mindful space in time and are well guided in that space, and you're able to hold and listen to that personal voice, you're linking up to something much bigger. And then the creative juice really starts to flow. And you'll see that in any artist who wants to, you know, write a new book and sits there blank page, right? Nothing's happening. We have to wait. Same idea. But this is in practice in a physical way as well as in a heart-centered way as well as in a mindful way. So it's there's lots to learn. It would seem to me that when you gave that example, for, for example, someone writing a book and you sit down to write and you encounter writer's block, mm-hmm. so nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. I think for most of us in today's society, that would be very uncomfortable. It's a very uncomfortable What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's that's the big part of it is that getting comfortable with the nothingness and being kind to yourself. As soon as you get to that space where there's nothing and you allow for that space, you're into a, you're into a creative process, but you're into a, a compassionate process. If, if in that space you can ask a question, then you're into another level of opening. And that's care. That's care for the self. That's care for the soul. That's care for the personal voice that will hold you and guide you forward. So observing, allowing, caring for it is the edge of growth in that nothingness. And being able to say, I'm good there, is a, big, is, is, is a yes message. When that yes message is able to hold itself, you're stable on the edge. Mm-hmm. So the solution is that we come to understand that our primary defenses will only encourage a certain value. And this value is for the self. And that is what we want to start getting away from. Because the transformation 
actually works on a bigger on a bigger energy. We have to get beyond ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves, yes, but to get beyond it. And we have to work for greater value. So for five blossom gatherings, it's humanity. We want to be, we want it to be, you know, soulful and want to get, connect to a space that cares for everybody. So you think about the butterfly, the butterfly effect. Tiny little person, tiny little practice. Huge effect because it's mindful and it touches all levels. So the solution is towards a way that supports your reconnection with yourself and to gain a larger holding. And it empowers us to act in ways that will hold a good, respectful value for family, community, and beyond. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about when an issue comes up in my life, and many listeners can probably relate to this, as you mentioned, I probably have a way that I traditionally dealt with that through my reactions or the the methods that I had available to available to me. That's right. What you know? What can I do if 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 I only know this one way? Like what what options do I have? Well, again, I, I'm going to repeat myself here. It's it's a slowing it down uh, to support yourself uh, means that you're going to probably ask a question. And if you're able to stop and ask the question, not expect anything, but open the mind to listening, uh, just asking that will, as I mentioned, hold the heart. The, the edge of the container that you open to when you really, you know, I'm used to doing it this way. I don't know how, I don't have a clue how I'm going to get out of this box because it's so tight. <clears throat> Some people bump up against the box, bump up against the box and say, well, I'm comfortable there, so I don't need to grow outside of it. But people who want to transform will say, the container's too small for me. I need more. I have to have more. I'm passionate for more. It actually demands that you be comfortable with that open space, as I mentioned before. The greater the, um, the passion or desire the more likelihood is that you'll find it because that's where the heart is is engaged. And the ability to say, I'm okay with the fact that I might struggle a bit to get there, that's where it's going to get really interesting for the mm. person because then you're engaging your own. Right. So, and, we, so we have to get comfortable with the discomfort, you Yeah, comfortable with the discomfort, yeah. Right. So maybe to recap just what was said is, you know, I think developing experience of things through actually doing it, right? We see our needs. That's right. You have to, to do not it. Not just our only, only our own needs, rather, but the needs of a broader community of those around us. So That's right. And to not pull away from the work of choosing to stay with that edge or mindfulness or when it's really hard, again, That's being right. comfortable with the discomfort. That's right. So transformation is a labor of love. And... The empowering part is that you gain the experience yourself on how to listen and how to work against those regular patterns and say, okay, this is a pattern. I see it. How can I mindfully allow it to move on? We don't, you don't have to get into the dirt of it. It's just respecting that. No, that's not a choice anymore. I'm choosing kindness. I'm choosing respect. And that's a huge container. Mm. That one works really nicely. Well, and it, it occurs to me, too, that it, it takes courage of the heart to find a new way of managing yourself, That's to right. decide to grow and transform. That's right. Uh, it also sounds like, you know, you have said that you help tr people train to transform their minds mm -hmm. and the way they look at things. 
does that actually help their physical body as well? That's the that's the beauty of it. Is that um, yes, it does. Uh, when you get the bigger picture, uh, you begin to understand the choice. The choice is to care first of all. Uh, if you care for the mind, then you can create an uncommon solution, and the body will heal and change and follow. The body. Uh, connects with the greater field. So if you think about the little plant that's in the in the garden, it's connected to something huge. We don't think that way very easily. Our little body is connected to that same huge. We we were born of the same elements as the little plant. We have a different agenda, yes, but we are basically of the same blueprint. So if we can connect to that bigger field, then we become a greater field. So the field of Earth here is um, is the ultimate creative power visible to us. It's continually moving, continually changing, continually redoing itself, and able to manage the most amazing feats of change. So it's 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 a it's a creative it's a creative being, and anybody who really loves nature is marvelled by the miracle of it. It's continually changing and growing. So. We hold to looking at that, to the beauty of that, and to the care of that as part of the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So the creative solution uh, are personally empowering. We choose the protocols. We choose the practices. And we look to the same kind of value that we would if we're, you're looking to the natural world. So here I describe that uh, uh, the energy that it takes to do this work is an amazing amount of energy. If you're used to only having a certain kind of energy, it's usually because the mind is set in a certain way. We have to learn to undo all of it and softly and kindly without beating ourselves up. It's all really in play and in enjoyment that we do the work. And you talked about, obviously, I think we all want to be well. We want to be healthier. Um and, and I think many of us, of course, want others to be well also, but how do, how do I do that? What is the What choice do I have in order to impact others as well? Well, I think it, it goes without saying now that if you're going to be kind to yourself and you choose um, practices uh, with people who, who can support that and that the actions that you take towards yourself and towards your work and towards your family are of the same value, then you're actually taking a huge step forward on a bigger scale. And this is why this model to me is so important is because the teachers that brought this practice to me were like that. They held that kind of compassion, that kind of mindfulness and that kind of power within the world. They had big jobs and they held it wisely. They held it for everybody. So they, they were learned to listen. They, they, they were taught to listen to, on all levels. And the listening power is ancient power. I mean, you talk to any elder, any wise old person, and they'll say, well, you know, are you listening? And if you can say, yeah, I'm listening, then you'll probably be able to, you know, make a change. Right. Well, and maybe to just summarize that, <clears throat> excuse me, you. it sounds like the solution to a lot of our challenges or that we don't do anything, right? We ask the questions and acquire, um, but we listen. We, I guess this, this idea of mindfulness is where we ask the questions and then see what comes up. That's right. Is that, is that a typical 
Is that typical mind work or is well, that the, something that many people are familiar with? Or? Actually, the, the ability to listen is a huge power, as I just said. In psychology, they'll say, well, if you can learn the skill of listening, then you can, you can empower yourself and you can relate. So it teaches empathy and it teaches the power of empathy. But it also teaches you to link up. So listening is key to being mindful. And listening will change your life if you're able to listen to what you're being told and how you're being told. So the old woman who told me, you know, can you listen? And, I, and I'm looking for a yes. She's looking for a yes. And if I can listen, then we're able to work with that. So I have a couple of really good stories that, that play into that. One is, uh, you know, Tai Chi master situation in the schoolyard. We're practicing really volatile. I'm terrified. I'm a mom. And I'm looking for him for a common reaction. Can you help, you know, push this around a bit? So in asking his support, what does he do? Nothing. He opens his mind. You can literally feel the kindness. And in what, this example, sorry, there was other people in that park yeah, that were being it, unruly. That's and, right. It was very, very sensitive and very scary for a mom with a little girl. Right. And he does nothing. And I'm kind of begging the mom, you know, can you? And then I watch him again do nothing but open his mind quietly take a step, assess and observe. And just that really, really did a big, big impact on me because I watched my body language mm. calm down, quiet down. And then I watched the effects around how he moved. And it was, it was beautiful. It was the most graceful, most mm. elegant experience of Tai Chi I'd ever seen. Now, it, it, you, you could see Tai Chi can be called a martial art. It can be really helpful. But what he did was he, he regulated himself. He was the one who held the mindfulness for our field because he's the one who's teaching. And he, I watched everything change on that moment. It was really beautiful. I was just going to ask you when you talked about martial arts, was your expectation that he would go into kung fu mode and address this situation in a physical way? Or? Yeah, it was kind of like that. I was expecting that he was going to you know, go, go fix it for us. Right. And what he did was showed, showed me the, the highest form of Tai Chi, which is nonviolence, the highest form of, of holding mindfulness, which is the capacity to care and protect through that care first. So it was, there was absolutely nothing I could say that it, it would bewilder me. I was like stunned at how everything just changed. So that uncommon solution came through right in front of us. Beautiful. Yeah. So maybe perhaps if I could recap, when we have an issue, uh, a personal, sorry, personal issue that we're encountering, how you decide to face that issue uh, is pretty key. And in this model, the way is not to fight. The yeah. way is to choose to listen and to look for an uncommon solution, perhaps, or one that we're not used to, uh, and, and from a creative place that links with the power of the earth and is gentle, kind, and compassionate. That's a really good good recap. The other thing I'd add is I have another story that's really fun too where I'm in a, a group of people, lots of good teaching going on, and we have this you know big empowerment coming on. And in, in some, some trainings, empowerment means you have to be prepared and open to receiving uncommon knowledge. And in doing that, you have to be open. You have to be mindful. Well, he were over 100 in the room, and it's a little crazy. It's a little chaotic, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And slowly, I get to see that nothing's happening. And then I wait and wait and watch the, the teacher, and all of a sudden, I recognize he's doing nothing. He's waiting. He 
he's sitting there waiting because there's so much reaction reactivity right now. Nobody's open to receiving the uh, the teaching. So here we go over hours. We're waiting and waiting. I'm after a while. I'm laughing because I'm getting the message that as long as we are reacting and unavailable, we can't empower ourselves. Mm. So mindfulness can be practiced anywhere. Is true. So the training of mindfulness in the practice of Tai Chi and Qigong, which are the healing protocols or the counseling service is really, really of importance. Mm. I love that. And I think like you had said at the outset is our traditional way, I think in, in Western society anyways, to, is to react, right? Rather than sit, be quiet, be mindful, it's to react and to, to fight or to face an issue head on. So. Mm-hmm. so I think we're going to take a little break right now. And talk uh, in just a few minutes about the practices that will follow some of the physical work. All right, we'll be back shortly. Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting fiveblossomgatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5BlossomGatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. So welcoming you back to Five Blossom Radio and Five Blossom Gatherings. Um, we're working on a model for training that uh, helps with transformation and in helping you find empowerment through that transformation into um, a very healing and very um, respectful way of work. So today uh, I have with me Cal Meisner. And uh, we're looking at the change that requires when we sit at the edge of this container and what kind of practices or what are the foundations, uh, what are the principles in training that we look at when we're doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Denise. So you, you talk often about a practice. What would be an example of a practice that our listeners may be familiar with? So a couple of things uh, come to mind when I think of a practice. If you think about um, about 30 years ago, I did a certain level of training on, on energetics. And in that training, the, 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 the instructor was very clear to say that this beautiful body, you know, this, this is what my mama gave me. Mm-hmm. And this beautiful system needed care that, that we could understand. But the really clear statement was you needed to own it. You need to be able to relate to it as if it's your own. And that means you have to find a way of grounding, you know, re- reflecting um, a care for it, 
a, a liking of it. <laughs> and when you say it, you mean the your body, body? The body, yeah. yeah. But a way of housing it and the way of staying present within it so that you're not disassociating, you're not fleeting, you're not flittering out, out and, and you're able to stay with the presence of mind that, that's uh, within the body. So that was a very strong choice I made to train at staying present in the body energetically and to work with that. That was a first step. So that was a practice. That was a way of approach that was given to me in order to claim grounding and health and awareness in my body. That's a practice. The other thing that I think about is everybody's given um, a way of managing their personal space. So you may have a room or a home or a, an apartment or a building. I don't know what, what space you own. But if you're able to bring yourself to that space in a mindful and kind and respectful way, you keep it in, a, in an order that is able to reflect that mindfulness, then there's a certain amount of care. We don't just go around saying, here, I'm going to open my door and let anybody come in at any time, come and do whatever they want. There's a certain amount of consciousness that we require in order to maintain our lives. The body is the same way. Energetically, we don't, uh, in this culture, we don't get taught that there are energetic boundaries that we can learn about or that there's ways of understanding the human energy field that it's natural and it will regulate itself carefully. So practices are ways of approaching these questions and ways of you claiming the experience and the mindfulness so that you can own the power of it. So a way of practice supports a gentle reconnection on a daily basis with the body, with the breath, and it's based on very simple principles. And when you talk about simple principles, what would be an example? What are these principles? Well, a principle is a is a basic practice, as I as I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, it's a way of operating that will help you gain awareness. And if you can claim awareness, then you're probably going to claim some part of yourself. You're going to have something to work with. So it's uh, the first. The, the principles are simple, and we we know these principles. Uh, but applying them, it's like not forgetting to apply it is, mm-hmm. is a big part of the work. So the, the, the first principle would be the ability to question, to the power of questioning, to give yourself the open space and observe the question that you may have. So it brings in awareness, it brings insight, it brings a personal grounding. It's an, an approach to your wellness uh, that will support uh, your consciousness and the ability to ask that, well, what do I need to grow? What do I need to grow? Will hopefully uh, include um, a certain quality of gentleness, ease, kindness, in order for it to not be uh, hard, you know, no pain, no gain kind of, mm. you know, it's like it brings it into the respect, kind, careful. Back it's care. That compassionate exactly. approach. The second principle would be being able to approach all of this in a stable uh, in a stable way. So I can say, go ahead, I give you a little practice. Can you come back 30 days later and tell me that you've gone through the little practice and approached yourself with kindness, with mindfulness, and have been able to gain any of the the, the goodness that's for you? It's your it's your work. It's your empowerment. Can mm-hmm. you claim that now? That's not an easy thing to do. It's a, the, the program offers a very sensitive way to hold a personal alignment. And the work with the body is 
the only way. It's the vessel that holds and, and, and helps our senses speak. So when the senses are grounded, the body's quiet and we can listen. So the building this connection uh, requires a stable, practical approach to the form, to the Qigong healing practice or to the Tai Chi practice or to other practices that are, that are given. And the next principle is the, well, the flow, man, the fluidity, mm-hmm. being able to move with the groove. And so you're meeting up against yourself. You may have resistances, but then there's open spaces. And being able to, to go with the hardness and the softness and the yin and the yang and the up and the down, all that is part of the flow. Be able to respect it and to come into a, a good place with all of that brings you into a whole sense of wholeness that you're mm-hmm. not continually frustrated and 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 you know at odds with yourself. You can meet it mm-hmm. with kindness. When you talk about this principle of fluidity, I would think a big component of that is the ability to let go, is to not be attached to an idea or one thing or. Or if you're angry about something, That's right. would you agree with that? Well, and and who I've come into practice with, you know, just being told something really, really sensitive and upsetting, and I have to go teach for you know for for good people something very sensitive. And what do I do? Do I bring all this with me? How do I manage all that intensity that I may have just been given? How do what do I do with it? And the practice teaches you to go into a kind, respectful, compassionate place. And it's not like you disassociate from the material. It's still there. But because your field is big enough, because your heart is big enough, because the mind is open enough, because your grounding doesn't need to take from anybody else, you're holding your own grounding, you can incorporate all of that at the same time and not lose yourself. So energetics are personal, and this work teaches you how to understand your own energetic blueprint, but it also teaches you how to work with the growth of it and how to learn how to own it in a, in a very, very caring way. The last principle that we work with, or there are more principles, but the basics um, is compassion. As I just said, you do no harm to yourself in thought or in action. So you meet up against a huge piece and you may not like what you've said. You may not like what you've done. You may not like yourself at all and you do no harm. And you do the same to other people. If you don't like what somebody else is doing, you don't push up against them. You don't give them that, you know, unless you you have to do something to protect or to care for them properly. Like a mom will say, no. You know, that compassionate edge is always involved with boundaries and with self-respect and the respect of others. That ed- that compassionate edge can have a very, very important action with us as we're working with ourselves or with others. So this gentle holding we give to a young child, to a baby, we want to give it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And just like we would for a child, we have to give it guidance that, no, these are the boundaries. Learning that personal voice that compassionate voice inside that knows that no i cannot go beyond this point is really 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 lovely so the value we gain here is experience Mm. all this is experience the, the desire we have for health or for youth for a way of feeling is important and ask that we look to inform ourselves of who we are in kindness. Thank you so much uh, for explaining those principles to us. Um, so you, you talked about the five principles or the five ma- main principles. What about the physical work? Can you, you also mentioned that there's a very physical component. And I think for most of us, 
that physical component is probably the most obvious one. It's the one we can understand as opposed to our subtle body and energetics and things of that nature. So can you speak to, to the program that someone should consider yeah. if they know very little about That's this That's an important approach? piece. Like, okay, so you don't know anything. What are you going to do with this? The most important thing is, is to understand that a good introduction is what we're looking for. An introduction means that you're not taking on anything too heavy. You want to understand a little bit and you want to taste it. You know, do you like broccoli? Well, you have to taste broccoli first to know if you like broccoli. Uh, the approach you take to the work is going to set you up for the life. So I had really, really the best. I had masters giving me the grounding. Therefore, my approach to my work was similar because they were the ones guiding me on how to approach the work. I never saw my Tai Chi master or my Qigong master in a, in a pissed off mood. I never saw them at odds. Or, or I, It was always a soft, wake and kind and playful place and that when you're consistent with that over decades you get to get taught so that's the first a good introduction that teaches you sensitive practices how to ground your body how to work with your breath how to work with observation how to work you know in in the basic basic five-step movement how to that would be the first thing i would introduce a general health program that uh, gives a basic introduction that teaches you awareness that helps you with learning what is a posture? How does that work? Uh, what's the, how do you work with the power of a posture? And what's the purpose of all that? And what's the pleasure of this work? So if you, sorry to interrupt, but you, t- you talked about Qigong, for example, and you mentioned that there's five easy steps, which I think we as humans always like to break mm-hmm. it down. And what's the formula for this? Well, so, yeah, I give yeah. five easy steps. So can you steps speak to, to the steps when it comes to Qigong for those of us that may not be as Well, familiar. that's what I was just saying is that the if you break it down, there are five basic approaches to qigong that will support you in maintaining a qigong practice and when you start getting these basic uh steps and you 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 may not be able to remember them all the time or you may not be able to to but just the understanding eases your mind Mm -hmm. so what's the first one so so we're looking at learning how to ground yourself, mm-hmm. learning how to work with your breath, mm-hmm. and l- working how to connect with the earth. That's one. Quiet the mind. That's one. Teaching. This, number two would be, well, learning how to work with a posture. Learning how to work with the power of a posture. Learning how to work the purpose or the pleasure of a posture. And the posture you're referring to is a Qigong posture. like a Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a way of holding the body so that the flows of energy will be distinct and give you an experience. And that experience you gain through the awareness of it. And it teaches you how to hold yourself. And it's, 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 it's a teaching. It's a kindness mm-hmm. teaching. But the way of it is the way of heart. And that's the more the more formidable the formidable part of it mm-hmm. is that that's the only way you can get through all this is by by learning a way of approach that's sensitive and kind mm-hmm. and then the f- number 4 would be learning how to work with the energetics and work a little bit with that number 5 would be how to take this very tiny practice that i would give you and all the play that i would give you and how to make that your own and how to play with that your own if you can do that you probably can do anything <laughs> because mm-hmm. if you could taste it and say, mm, I like the broccoli, I like that, mm-hmm. then you probably say, oh, I like the chikung, the basic, basic foundation, mm-hmm. then you could take it on. And then, then if you like that, then I would take it to another place where there's a, a basic introduction to um, chikung, which is a more formal ancient practice. And that one, because it's introductory, it gives it a little bit of everything, very sensitive, 20 minutes, and it's called the flying crane. And that one 
really is perhaps one of the most graceful, most grounded practices that I've I've had. This one, again, it has a five-part practice, but it's a total health program that teaches you a holistic way of management. Uh, it's it, it has a lot of buzz to it because if you think of what a crane looks like, it has a nice strong chest. It opens, you know, a big heart there. Uh, it's uh, they're very long and soft and elegant. So there's a lot of elegant moves in this practice. It, they're grounded. They're stable. They're observant. They're sensitive. They're very, very, very reflective and silent in their way of of, of approaching the world around them. But they're also mindful. And they're they're quiet. They're nonviolent. So it's very, 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 very ancient. It's an ancient way of choosing, um, let's say, a, a, an animal in nature that would reflect the program that you're teaching. So right. this is this is old stuff. This is really old stuff. Mm-hmm. And this bird has been on the planet for millenniums. It's an old, old, old bird. So this is an ex- this practice is an extension of a health system, and it was documented by you know the the old. Uh, the ancestors, the sages of long ago, and uh, that taught that when the energy system is pra- regulated through these tiny, this little 20-minute practice, then the body comes into balance. So the general health practice supports the needs of maintaining a regular grounding mm-hmm. and a regular awareness of who you are, and that's where the you know you start to get. Mm-hmm. You get you start to get the program. You start to get the understanding of how qigong works. It promotes mm-hmm. your awareness and good grounding. Well, and I think what I love about it is the the focus for most of us in health and wellness in the Western world is on the physical component. That's so right. going to the gym, lifting weights, going for a run, whatever. But when you talk about energetics and managing your energy and looking at it from that perspective, that's quite unique. Yes, yes, it's sensitive and it's it's important to be able to approach the delicate part of your nature uh, and to be able to have good guidance with how to take care of yourself. It's quite delightful. Mm. And the preventive care is huge because anything that may happen in your life on any level, you'll register it and you'll start to know the signs when you're starting to throw, go out of balance. Mm. And you can use these little practices to reclaim your grounding, reclaim your balance. And I've done that many times where life just throws me a curve and I'm going, whoa, that really threw me off. And these little practices, boom, put me right back on my element. It's very nice. Yeah. And so thinking about energetics or chi and the flow of chi, I know another practice uh, that, that you speak of and are involved with is Tai Chi, in particular, Fu Tai Chi. So tell us about that. What is what is the Fu Tai Chi practice? Well, I've studied a few forms of Tai Chi over the, the last 30 years. And over a few decades, uh, and with so many Qigong practices, I decided that I could only teach so much. So my relationship to Tai Chi had to take a very particular value. Having studied with masters, you're given everything. And I kind of had too much on my plate. And it wasn't intended that it would go like this. I didn't understand that usually you choose one master and stay with that master for life. So what I did was I I had this wonderful experience with um, Master Fu, whose grandfather had a huge relationship with Tai Chi in China. He was a very important man. And he served in service to uh, a lot of people. So Master Fu here in Vancouver um, brought me 
to an awareness of Tai Chi at a very high level of martial art. And I was delighted with the complexity and the purpose of that. Unfortunately, because I have too much training, in other words, I have too many areas that I would love to be able to serve, I had to pare it down and said, well, okay, what's unique about the Fu system is that it works. It's like he created the, let's say I call the very, 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 very small model that's even smaller than the Universal 24 that teaches you how to get a grounding with Tai Chi in a very unique way. So he, he created a very small form called the Golden Form, and he was able to give a foundation that's very sensitive that sets you up for a higher practice. So people who want to go into a higher practice of Tai Chi could use that very nicely. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was so sensitive and so special to be able to receive that and to receive his his approval and his certification around Tai Chi that my, my way of approach was grounded and was caring enough. I thought I would take that small practice that he gave and introduce it as part of an introductory practice for people who want to understand that it only takes five minutes to do it and it only takes a few months to learn it. And that's a unique thing in Tai Chi. Now, it's only the basic, basic, basics, but you learn to walk again, really, is how it teaches you how to do the basics of Tai Chi, you know, the principles of Tai Chi, weight change and, you know, coordination and all that, which are really, really a, a big part of the groove of well, Tai Chi. And, and I think one of the principles, as I know of, of Master Fu's work, is his grandfather, the practices the ancient practices were when people had eight hours per day to practice these things. That's what right. you're referring to is maybe a more modern day version of it where most of us can't dedicate eight hours That's right. to a practice. With That's them. right. So uh, ha- having studied enough, uh, knowing that uh, you, you could take years to learn a practice. And uh, in our Western world, it's not that easy to manage that much um, and or stay dedicated to it enough to understand how to work the principles. So this gives you a good taste. It gives you some really strong uh, ground. It gives you strong grounding, but it also gives you a practice that's tiny enough, and that will work the principles of Tai Chi deeply enough that you can interface it with the Qigong. Now most. Like Master Fu will have his own Qigong, will, will have had Qigong, but I, I received my Qigong from another grandmaster. So I'm actually bringing a few systems together, which is unusual. But I do have the grace of being able to say that, you know, that that was given to me. So the body, what ha- what happens with Tai Chi is that the body is um, looked at it a little bit differently than Qigong. Because you're working on a system of alignment, um, and, and fluidity in a different way. So if you lose the grounding throughout your life, for whatever reason, life impacts you and you start noticing that uh, the flow of your energy, or you may not be flexible, you may not have a sense of you know, health, you'll notice that the body uh, doesn't have its alignment properly. And, and in Tai Chi, they say it's broken. <laughs> mm. It's not really broken, but the energetics aren't lined up. So, you know, you could be told that, you know, you're broken here, you're broken here, you're broken here. And it means that you're you're out of alignment. And in this kind of work, it teaches you a very, very strong practice of working breath and working fluidity to be able to. So you get these basic seven moves that he, you learn in the basics of Fu Tai Chi and learn how to open up the waist in order to be, reclaim the organs from the in, the the power from the inside, now that's a lot of practice for beginning practice. But if, to understand just the 
well, can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, how does that work? It's a really good foundation. It's a really good introduction to how it works. So the practice of realignment um, offers uh, a basic form of training to reclaim the body. The Fu practice is given as an entry because it teaches the original way of holding practice without learning all the moves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really an important piece. Grandmaster Fu is an original teacher from China, and he holds this training. He helps with higher teaching and has all the practices that if uh, that were once held in a community in China. So it's a very nice gift to our to you know, to our to our country to have that. Mm-hmm. What Five Blossom Gathering offers is a sensitive guide to understand the basic principles of these seven moves and basics of reconnection and alignment and self-empowerment and care. Mm-hmm. So back to empowerment and <laughs> and Five Blossom Gatherings. If I could recap, it's, you know, the teaching is the standards for good grounding, for reconnection with oneself, doing this in a kind, compassionate manner, and really taking charge of of one's own health through following a system or practices that are ancient and have been proven, you know, time and time again. So, uh, and I think also helping empower anyone that's really heart-centered, right, that wants to lead their life from their heart and be, that's right. be more connected. That's right. So when, when people are called, when, they're, when they, they fall into a place of, yeah, this is attractive to me, the next place is they want to understand a bit about it. So here we are talking about it today, which is an, a good way to, you know, to get a little bit of a grounding. Then the next step will be, well, can I do a little intro? Can I do a little bit of a taste on this, please? And then uh, Five Blossom Gatherings offers uh, an introduction. These three introductions will be offered in in time to come. And you can, you know, find a connection through us at fiveblossomgatherings.com, of course. And um, that's available to anybody. Beautiful. Well, thank you again for your insight. I love the topic and... You know, obviously, as we've discussed all along, we all want to be healthier, healthier, happier, calmer, I think. So thank you again for sharing your insights. And we look forward to next week's episode. What's going to be the topic for next week? Or do we know that yet? Well, we do know what it is, but it's it's working its way. I'll be passing that out. I'd like to leave it a little bit formless because once we get this introduction in where people are understanding this, then you come into deeper questions. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how I can bring the deeper question of, well, what is empowerment? How do you take it in on these levels now and bring it to the people? So I'm thanking you, Cal, for your time today, and thank you for supporting us in, uh, in this discussion. Beautiful. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard and co-host Cal Meissner. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.